Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, folks. I hope everyone is rocking and rolling. I tell you what, it uh, it seems like every year when we switch those seasons, no matter what part of the United States you're in, you get a cold, you get the flu, you get a sinus infection. I think I drink more supplements than any other living creature on Earth, it seems like, because the companies send me in this stuff, we put it on. But I tell you what, doesn't matter what's in your body, every now and then you're going to catch a little something. So if my voice sounds like it's out, it's because the family is going through a series of colds. And uh, I was at the emergency room last night with Tessa. She has had a bout um, with a sinus infection that turned into pneumonia and yesterday just got a, a, a headache like she has never had before, put her uh, really on her on her knees. Uh, she was crying so bad, and she doesn't have migraines or anything like that. Her little love life is happy. Her life is happy. It was just that when we got to the hospital, uh, it was a matter of there was some cloggage up in her sinuses behind her eye, and it was just enormous pain for that young thing. And and as I sat there last night in the emergency room, I was somewhat amused because I, I go through life daily studying people. doesn't matter if I agree or disagree with them. I study, I look, and and think, how can I see things through their lens, through their eyes? And I just can't sometimes. I'll admit that. But as I look and watch people, I realize how normal most people want to be. They don't want to change. They They want change. Don't get me wrong. They want their life to be different, but they just dream about it. They aren't willing to make that change. They're not willing to... Go the distance, so to speak. And if nothing else, I hope that Craig's book, Weird, because normal isn't working, will at least open open your thought processes and your mind to what could be in your life. It doesn't matter where we're at. You guys have heard me say this. It doesn't matter if you're a Generation Y, a Generation Xer, a goth, a, a preppy, a freak, a jock, a druggie, a grandma, a grandpa, a great-great-great-grandma, grandpa. I don't care what it is. There's always room for some sort of change in the way we look at life. It may, it may be a, a personal change. It may be a look at our change in our circumstances. It may just be... It may just be a change in our relationships. See, love is weird. That's the title of this chapter in Craig's book, Chapter 7. Love is weird. Dr. Seuss, in his theology, says it this way. We are a little weird, and life's a little weird, and when we find someone whose weirdness is compatible with ours, we join with them and fall into mutual weirdness, and call it love. <laughs> My mama and daddy fell into mutual weirdness years ago. And as products of the 60s, you can just imagine that it was probably a, a pretty bizarre time. But in a very short period of time, I think realized, and, and I don't know that they would have called it this, but I think they realized they really were soulmates. That there really was something there something that was unique for them, something that the the fact that they weren't living for the Lord back then, they probably didn't even have a clue that he was involved. 
But it was a weirdness that worked. I saw a blog post, matter of fact, it was humorous. Periodically, when you're in the... uh, a position of leadership, people take pot shots at you. It doesn't matter if you're a preacher. It doesn't matter what you do. They'll, they're, you know, you can be a politician, you can be whatever, and they'll take a pot shot. And I had a guy that had had done a review on one of my blogs, and he said, "Did you know that Troy's dad was was friends with some organized crime guys, and that his son has been in prison?" And I sat there and I looked at it and I thought, "Man, this guy must never have been on a radio show, or he would have known all this stuff." See, to him, there's nothing about me to love, and, and since I don't know him because he hides behind a a fictitious name, I, I can't tell you that I would ever love him as a human being. But in Craig's chapter here, when there's a mutual weirdness about us, we fall in love. I think that we can take that a step further. When there's a mutual weirdness about us, we don't just fall in love. But we start hanging out with like-minded people who who have a lot of the same things in common as we do. Maybe their sons have been in jail, been in trouble with the law. Maybe their family has a little bit of a shady background. I didn't even talk about my redneck side of the family. I just talked about my normal side, my dad's. So, you know, it's crazy when I look at this, but I see this all the time in every aspect of life. So you've got to ask yourself, just sit back for a minute and ask yourself this question. Have you still fallen in weirdness with that significant other? Let's just narrow it down today to being in love with a significant other. As a follower of Jesus, I believe that life was created for a man and a woman. I also understand that in the 21st century that we could sit around drinking Starbucks coffee and debating that for hours. And I'm not here to debate it, nor am I here to cast judgment on anybody in their relationships. But I believe that in my world lens, that, that, that as I talk today, you're going to find that it's about being married, and it's going to be the traditional marriage of man and woman. So as we look at this, I don't want anybody to become overtly offended because I'm talking about just one narrow-minded aspect of life. But ask yourself the question. Are you still out there trying to woo, trying to show just how much you love your significant other? Or have you guys fallen out of weirdness? Is your is your relationship, is your marriage normal? Where you got, you know, two kids or more, you don't have time for each other, your husband gripes because you won't give him sex, but you gripe because all he wants is sex, doesn't understand, you just want to cuddle. You know, are you in this position where where the time that you spend together seems like you bicker too much? Are the kids always getting in the way? Is the finances causing headache? I've got one of the websites. Matter of fact, the same guy thought my website, what some of the things I linked to on my personal site were, were offensive to him. I don't know why he keeps hanging out on my website if they're offensive. But one of the sites that I have up there is Christian Nymphos, and it's not like the title, although the title does have a shock factor to it. But this is a site based for women, and it's focused on Christian women. 
And one of the things that they asked lately was, what is the one thing in your household that can ruin the romantic atmosphere? And it was finances. And I got to thinking about that, and I thought, you know, that's probably why Craig put money ahead of love in this book. Is because so many times after marriage, we start worrying about the finances. Men never worry about finances before they get married. And that's a problem for most of us. Women, on the other hand, as soon as they're married, money means security. And they are so security conscious that whenever they, they, they have that little part of the pendulum messed up, they freak out. Men, when they're in the pursuing mode, go out of their way to, to make sure that that woman falls in love with them because they're out to conquer. They're out to, to be, and I don't mean conquer in a domineering. I'm just saying this is a challenge. They go after it. they got to get the win. But here's what happens. It seems like once the marriage is on and the honeymoon is over, we learn to trust each other, we open up into an intimate faction, and we have those deep conversations, then we start throwing bricks at each other with those secrets that we've learned. A man reveals his innermost secrets to his wife, a wife to her man, and the next thing you know, we're hurting each other. This is where I want to get into Craig's book today. See, Craig's like me. He's been married to his wife for over 20 years. When When we take and we look at what that means and how we are together, it makes people wonder sometimes. I've seen this. They will say, well, are you guys still together, you know, because you just you're, you just don't want to break up because of the kids? Or what's your reason for still being together? And it makes you ponder that. It makes you, it makes you analyze that and wonder, hey, why are we still together? Or is there something deeper? See, it's funny because I didn't fall in love with Paige when I first saw her. I fell in lust with her. She was walking up a ladder, and I've told you this. Her cute little bottom kind of caught me, and that was it. But the question that I want to ask as we go through Craig's book today is, are you still in lust with your with your significant other, with your wife, with your husband? Or have you let everything else get in the way? See, from a Christian worldview... Your number one relationship should be with God, and your number two relationship should be with your spouse. For ladies, that's probably hard to understand because you want to have that second relationship with your children. And as I've grown up and become an adult, I've seen more relationships ripped apart because men and women get so busy taking care of their kids. Men are are now just as guilty as women that what happens is they do not give the quality time needed to their own relationship. And when the kids get out of the house, they don't even know each other. And in some cases, those emotional or physical affairs start to surface. And the next thing you know, people are looking around saying, they were such a great couple, they raised their kids, why are they getting a divorce? Women go into marriage looking at it as I'm going to marry Mr. Perfect. I'm going to marry that knight in shining armor. 
Men go into it in most cases thinking, I'm going to marry that princess. She's going to be the one. She will be there for me. She will be just like in the movies. Every Everything I want, I'll get. Women think he's going to provide for me on all my needs, everything that I've ever... I've ever lacked everything my father and my mother and my best friends couldn't give me, my husband can. Men go into marriage, as Craig says, thinking they're getting sex twice a day, three times on Sunday because, you know, there's no work to get done. And 40 years later, they're still dreaming about that, but at least it's a dream they can hold on to. See, this is this is the craziness. Craig asked this question. He said, listen to what he writes. He says, when it comes to marriage... And the kind of love required to forge such a bond, both men and women are very confused. They believe that to really be fulfilled in life, you have to meet the one, your soulmate, your e-harmony compatibility exact match partner, and the only person who can complete you like no other. That will be the great love of your lifetime. Now, I, I kind of do agree on the soulmate factor. I'm a firm believer as a romantic that God has a special person for each and every one of us. Again, if you don't follow my Christian worldview, you may disagree with that. You may have this view that you've got to try on the, the luggage. You've got to try it out, see if it's going to fit, see if you can get everything in it, all that good stuff. I, I understand that. Don't agree with it. I just said understand it. But see... That's not the way it is. It's not the way Hollywood portrays it, period. It's not the way MTV portrays it. It, it, it matter of fact, it's, this is what gives us false expectations. <clears throat> and I'll take it all the way back to when, we, when we're sitting there, and I'm going to segue a little bit out of his book, but when we're, when we're sitting there and we finally look at our spouse, and we go back to what Craig said, women think, the man's going to take care of all of her needs. A woman thinks a man is going to take care, or I mean a man thinks a woman's going to take care of all his needs. So we go to the altar and we listen to the, 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 the preacher dude go through all these, these, these vows, or else we make up our own vows and we say them to each other with the pretense that we are committing, oh yes, that's how I feel today without really getting into the nitty gritty. See I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little raw for a second. When that man is looking into his wife's eyes and he's saying I do, it's because in his heart he does believe she's gonna be able to take care of every physical, sexual, emotional, spiritual need that he has and he is committing to her for life because he believes that. And a woman believes that her husband's going to take care of every, every one of her emotional, physical, and spiritual needs, and she's committing to that. If you're not a Christian, it really doesn't matter what you commit to, because in today's society it says, look, if she can't fulfill it, divorce her, get another one, do whatever, stay married to her, go have a, a, friend, a friend with fringe benefits, yada, yada, yada. But from a Christian worldview... When the honeymoon is over, and all of a sudden it becomes a conditional commitment, 
you haven't met my needs, so I'm not going to try to meet your needs. And this is on both sides of the fence. It's not just about sex. It's about everything. Then we end up in a quandary. Because as a Christian in your heart, you're saying, well, she's not meeting my needs, but I can't ethically and morally go out and get my needs met by somebody else. Sadly, 50% of the Christian community do that, and they end up in an affair to some sort, men and women, and they end up getting a divorce. If you wonder, why is he so obsessed with this kind of stuff? It's because I never want my marriage to go through this. And I realize I've got to work on something to make it happen. The Bible has a story. And and when you when you put the story in perspective, it could actually be on the Dr. Phil show. It's about a guy named Jacob. And like me, he saw this little hottie walk by and he just fell in lust with her. And he said, I gotta have her, and the Bible tells us that she was lovely in form and beautiful. Craig says she was smoking hot. That's why he didn't rewrite the Bible. It would be in modern language and freak a bunch of people out. But Jacob had to have her. He had to have her so much that he went to her dad and went beyond the normal of what was no- And he said to her, I'll work for you for seven years just to lay with her, just to be married to her, although married wasn't really, he didn't care about that. He just wanted to get to the goodies. And he did it. And the seventh year came up, and he finally said, Look, dude, I have played it out. I've done my part. Let's set the date. I am going for the gold. Rachel's dad got thinking about it and saying, You know, wait a second here. You know, this boy is right. She is smoking hot. I can make a little bit more, more money on this deal somehow. I've got to figure this out. But he had another daughter named Leah that was dirt dog ugly. I mean, she was the homeliest thing. Nobody was knocking on daddy's door saying, let me work for seven years because I want to be with her. Nothing. So he devised a plan. He thought, I got it. I got it figured out. And he got Jacob a little drunk. It's the wedding night. And and not like us, there's no vows. I mean, it's a matter of you have this big party, and then in the Hebrew community, the the girl and the guy go into the tent, and everybody's outside, and they do the, the wild and crazy consummation thing, and then bam, the next morning you're married. We got a lot of married people around the United States, and they don't even know it. So here's what happens. Jacob's a little tipsy. The ugly daughter gets put into the bridesmaid's chamber area in the tent. She got that heavy veil on. Jacob comes stumbling in, bada boom, bada bing. The next morning with a massive hangover, he looks over and probably thinks, Oh my gosh. Instead of marrying the fox, he got the coyote. He is livid. He is mad. But he has already consummated the relationship. There's no way out. He has made the commitment 
by becoming one flesh. In other words, they had sex. Whoa. You know what he does? He's so in lust with her little sister, Rachel, that he says, I'll work another seven years. He worked for 14 years just to be able to be with Rachel. And even then, after being with Rachel, it wasn't good enough. That's a crazy thing, but that's for another time. And you think it's nuts, but you know what? We see it all the time. Matter of fact, there was just a crazy case on the news where an 82-year-old died. After he died, they found out what happened to his 29-year-old girlfriend. Now, that's whack. Craig writes it this way. Middle-aged men and older men seem especially vulnerable to their own fragile egos. Facing their own mortality and life's disappointments, they long to feel strong, handsome, viral, and successful again. They will often abandon their faithful wives for younger, more attractive women with no more remorse than that of trading in last year's model for a new car. And here's why. I'm going to segue out of Craig's book again. This is my personal opinion. Women need love. The Bible makes it very clear. Men are to love their wives like Christ loved the church. The second half of that, though, isn't that men need to be loved by their wives. Now, i got to admit, I love hearing my wife say, I love you. But that's not what I crave. And that's not what the majority of men crave, ladies. I'm going to tell you that right now. What they crave is that respect, that admiration that comes from only you. You that know their innermost secrets. You that know what turns them on. You that know what turns them off. You that get to see them stepping out of the shower without the six-pack. Now they've got the keg. For you to say, you know what, I am so proud of you as the husband you are, the father you are. Craig says in here that men should tell their wives, I love you because you're a wonderful woman, a wonderful lover, a wonderful mom, a wonderful whatever. I mean, you come up with something different. I love you because. Give her the reason. I'm going to take this a step further. And women, you need to say, honey, I appreciate you because. I'm proud of you because. I respect you because. And some of you ladies are saying, well, Troy, I don't. So I'm not about to lie to him. I wonder if he's saying the same thing about you. See, if you're married and and you're a Christian, you made the commitment already in your heart. So at one time, you were proud of him. You did love him. You did respect him. You want a man to feel vibrant exciting, successful, strong, you want them to follow you, then no matter what condition that you may think they're in, you start giving them those admiration. You start giving them what you really love to hear when you hear, I love you because. You want to know what's going to happen? There's an inside mental mechanism in the brain that releases a specific chemical We could get real scientific, but I'm not going to go into it right this second. Once that chemical is released, it causes a spark in the nervous system, and the adrenaline starts to flow. There's not a man-made synthetic that can stop God's natural function in a person. 
and whether it's men or women, it'll happen. Men, you want your wife to respond to you like she did when you guys were first married? Then start doing the things you used to do. Why don't you start doing a little bit of laundry every now and then? Pick up your undies. Pick up hers. Clean up after her. Make the bed. Why don't you stay looking a little handsome at night instead of putting on the sweats? Why don't you do that little extra stuff in the yard before she asks? Why don't you make her dinner for once? See, it's amazing when we start doing the little extras. It's not that women don't love the chocolate and don't love the flowers and don't love the cards, but active service seemed to go a lot further because that's what you were doing when you were pursuing her. When was the last time you opened your wife's door? When was the last time you gave her a little gift basket? And take it from somebody that knows. After I got married, I put my career, my business, my dreams, my future ahead of my wife. So one day she looked up to me and said, you know, I am nothing more to you than a doormat. It's like, wow, that's not how I feel inside. It's not what my intentions were, but see, she saw my actions, not my intentions, and vice versa. It's funny. We will judge somebody on their actions, but we want to be judged on our intentions. Oh, you misunderstood me. Oh, you didn't see that. Oh, you don't understand. Yes, I do. I saw your actions. One of Craig's best friends, Andy Stanley, puts it this way. What's in the heart will come out in your actions. Wow. That's why last night when Paige said, Honey, will you take Tessa to the emergency room? I said, Sure. I started headed east to the hospital. When I get the phone call, she says, Honey, that hospital is not covered on our insurance. You need to go all the way to Fort Walton. So I had to go the other end, leave the island, go to the mainland. It was frustrating. But it was worth it on both accounts. That's the way it's supposed to be. Listen to what Craig says about Jacob's love, if we call it that. He says, one thing does stand out, that Jacob's bid for his bride was extravagant. He offered about four times more than the normal going price for a wife. He was so in love with the idea of love at any cost that he gave more than he should have. Such blind devotion may strike us as immature, but self-compromise still happens today. Remember, Jacob didn't, he thought love and lust were the same thing. Listen to what Craig writes. He says, a young woman who wants to wait until she's married to share the gift of lovemaking with her husband, but trying to maintain the attention of her boyfriend, she gives in and has sex. Or a guy adores his beloved so much that he dives deep into debt to prove his love with jewelry and clothes and meals. If and when they get married, they're already starting out with huge financial burdens. Another problem with the obsession with relationships is that you'll become demanding. After working seven years, Jacob demanded his wife. That's not love. See, what we've got to learn to do is tend the garden. If the grass looks greener on the other side, I'm going to tell you right now, it's just as hard to mow. You need to water your own lawn. You need to take care of your own bride. You need to take care of your own girl. Song of Solomon is is a very good book on that. It says, leave your mom and dad and cling to your wife. Become one with her. 
your dreams, your visions, everything. Need to start molding and forging together. Now, you may tweak them to make it happen. And you may say, that don't work, Troy. It does work. If you're willing to give your wife what she wants, and as a husband or as a wife, you're willing to give your husband what he needs. See, every one of us have these needs and we have these wants. And men, you need to give your wife her needs too. That, that really, it isn't so matter what she wants, because in a lot of cases, I don't, I don't think that she, she knows what she wants. But she has these internal needs that you can take care of. There's plenty of great resources for that. And women, if you want that man back that was pursuing you, then you give him what he needs and praise him. If you didn't get anything else out of today's little radio show, then I want you to get this, men. You need to start saying, I love you because. Women, you need to be saying, I'm proud of you because. And in 30, 60, 90 days, tell me if your relationship is starting to change. Tomorrow, Chapter 8, Aiming at the Wrong Target. Now, this is going to be an interesting one. You're going to love it. Live life like it's an epic adventure. I'll see you at the top. Be back here with me tomorrow morning for Radio uh, Real Mentors Radio dot com. Bye now.